Hello, good people. Welcome to Door to Shine, a weekly show with myself, Monique Thomas, where I invite you to join me on the journey of shining. It takes great courage to discover who you are and live with a sense of purpose. This podcast is for every girl and woman who's committed to embracing their story and serving the world with their unique voice. When you listen to the conversations, I want you to be inspired to live the life that you're made for. I want you to be encouraged and know that you're not on your own, that we're all on this crazy adventure of life together. I'd really love you to engage with me on social media and tell all your friends it's at Daughtershine on most platforms. Hey guys, welcome to episode eight. Happy Pancake Day. <laughs> right now we're going to jump straight back into the conversation with Selena and Andrea talking about the whole area of self-acceptance. Today we talk about the conflicts that can arise for believers when we feel as though we simply don't meet the standards that are laid out for us in scripture. This is problematic because it can cause us to lead a double life or we can just end up giving up on our faith altogether. Mommy! Mommy! Hello Israel. <laughs> but I do think it's a, I think it's a really difficult thing from a faith perspective and what I think is interesting is that on the one hand we have a lot of messages about like God loves you as you are and God has chosen you and on the other hand it's like but you should be this 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 and stop doing this 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 and I feel like sometimes I when I look back I think actually some of my self-acceptance struggle was from like having this this amazing Selena in my head that I felt like I needed to be and that was partly generated by faith that may put me under a lot of pressure that I found really difficult to deal with. And I feel like now, maybe because I've matured in my faith, I think I'm a lot less intense about those things and a lot more relaxed into it. But I think that can put a real pressure on people to like be this particular kind of person they think a Christian woman should be. And that can be really, really tough to like navigate, to be like your true personality and also like do that with all of the expectations of what, you know, biblical womanhood in inverted commas is supposed to look like, and that can be really hard. Yeah, I think expectations of Christian women is a whole different conversation. Mm. Uh, it's not, because there's so many different conflicts and ideas and what a woman should be. Mm. Um, I think on one hand, I think especially as black females, um, it, it's almost like, like I said before, it's like you're too much and you're not enough at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the general idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think if if you do, and I know it's like a, a bit of a stereotype, but if women are, you know, generally quite strong and quite sassy, it's like, well, you're not the dainty, you like quiet spirited, biblical help, <laughs> help meet. Yeah, yeah. My favorite yeah, yeah. word in the whole Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're not this kind of compliant little dainty person do you know what I mean so where do we get our references for what a biblical woman should be like from where are the examples how do we know that what we're aspiring for is what God wants for our lives personally um <laughs> well I, I suppose the bible in reality culture 
do you know what I mean? We look mm-hmm. at other women, it's got women's, we look at other women who are in <laughs> <laughs> prominent positions and we think, oh, that kind of, she seems quite, you know, like someone who's quite godly and I'd like to emulate. Um, I think the more time you spend in church is the more you have to overturn certain ideas about what you should be. Because also that can bring another sense of feeling lousy because you feel like, oh, wow. You know, a Christian woman's meant to look like this, is meant to sound like this. I mean, even worse, if you want to talk about what a wife, what a Christian wife should look like or sound like, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm comparing myself to these images that I see. And I think, um, hmm, I don't really fit in there. Like, a, a good example of that is maybe ambition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, with the archetype of a, um, say, like a Christian woman, it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, my husband, my husband, kids, and that's just that's just all it is. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, we're not talking about career or ambition or maybe not even ministry. It's like, oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The highest, the highest kind of position you can have is first lady Monique Thomas. Do you know what I mean? These guys are hilarious, but there's so much truth in what they're saying. There have been so many limitations placed on us as women about who we can be and what we can do. Times are definitely changing and more and more we can see a wider variety of role models coming to the fore for us to look to and be inspired by. The reality is though that we will all subscribe to different ideals and examples of what a woman should be like so whatever it is that we accept as an expectation whatever it is that we aspire for how do we make sure that we're still accepting ourselves on the journey my question is how do you hold that together with healthy self-acceptance so when i think about a lot of my younger years where like weighed down by this heavy sense of expectation about what the bible said i should be mm-hmm. and feeling very far from that or trying my best to attain it you know and i think that it's and sometimes we say you know it's not you that does it it's god that does it i don't know what that means in practice but it's like a lot of some of that can be, be a very heavy weight when we're thinking about so someone who's trying to live a good life with god and yet feels that there's lots of elements about who they are that don't line up with what they've been taught is what they should be. And that should be is where the weight of lack of self-acceptance comes for a lot of people is how do I accept that this is where I am right now when I'm being told to strive for this vision of myself that feels like it's so far away. But, but I think, and that's where people misconstrue the message of the Bible because actually it's a book of grace. Yes, it's a book of instruction and it's a book of standards about the way we want to live our lives. But the whole, like we, in, as our natural inclination, are sinful people, yeah? And I think, like how we said, honesty and self-acceptance, it's, it's a step in the process. And obviously, you know, this this is one phrase which is about something quite specific. Um, and I know we're kind of stretching it into different ways, but I think that that's a message of condemnation. It says that this is where I am. This is where I should be. And I'm feeling very distressed about the gap between those two images. Do you get what I'm saying? I mm. think the thing is, I can say, Lord, you know, this is where I am now, mm. but, but your grace. Do you understand what I'm saying? And although we're striving and we're changing and we become more conformed to his image, I don't think we should ever beat ourselves up 
about the gap between the two. Well, that's the mm-hmm. I think there's a problem if there's a picture, number one, that we don't want to aspire for, or we actually can't see any correlation between that picture and what we read in the Bible. If those two things don't come together for us in our minds, because then we know that we're dealing with something else, which is possibly culture, which is possibly, do you know what I mean, the ideals of man. Well, I'm thinking of a picture that's formed in your mind based on the Christian teachings of this is how you should be and this is what you should do. Right. Having a picture of that, that, you know, is who I should be. And yet within myself, I see so many things that are nowhere near that. And that being the beginning of a self-hating narrative, that's hard to then undo. We've all been taught about Christian morality. We've all been told about our sexual ethics. We've been told about how we should treat other people. Right. We've been told about managing anger. We've been told about, like, there's a whole list of things that we've been told are fruits of the spirit, ways, ethical decisions. Yeah. You know, all those stuff that we've been taught about how we should live our lives as Christians. Yeah. Can feel like a very heavy weight you're dealing with your own normal human nature and so my thing is how do you hold together that expectation of this is what new life in Christ looks like you know and so many of our sermons are encouraging us to live in different better more improved ways how do you hold all of that together and not let it become a kind of self-hating thing of but I just can't do this anymore so I either pretend that I'm doing it to fit in with my church and live a double life or I just give up and don't bother because I think that are some of the stuff that I think can happen in response to that weight of expectation. Yeah. And some of that, I think, is sat in a place of self-hatred because they can't live up to yeah. the standard. Yeah. Even though we say yeah. it's grace, it feels very lawful for people, I think. But yeah. Don't, but you don't you think that that comes back down to the thing about self-acceptance? Because that is the opposite of self-acceptance. So, for example, I'm sure who I am today all my flaws, all my sin or whatever, I can accept where I am because I can only be in relationship with God through the lens of grace. That doesn't change who I am today. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so obviously we're speaking in an aspirational way. We're, not, mm. we're speaking in, in a sense of ideals. So with, and I think that sense of self, of I should be that person, but I'm not, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a lack of self-acceptance. And I think the difference between Christianity and other religions, it's like, actually, yeah, you know, you rubbish does thing, and yeah, you you know, you're naturally inclined towards this thing and that thing, but God, but it's not that we don't mm. have a sense of acceptance about who we are, yeah. who God is, and the work of the cross, which bridges yeah. the Do you know what I mean? I love that. Yeah, totally. I'm so glad that Selena really drew out the inner conflict that takes place inside of us sometimes as believers when we're trying to become the person that God has made us to be. Sometimes we can't find the spaces to be really honest about how we're feeling, how we're struggling with certain things on the journey. I hope that listening to this conversation has given a voice to some of those conflicts and challenges, maybe for yourself or for a friend, that it will inspire you to have some open and honest conversations. God is not afraid of our conversations, people. He's not afraid of our questions. If we bring them to him, they actually become the catalyst for a greater level of revelation and understanding, and most importantly, for greater intimacy with him. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. 
That's the last one in the series on self-acceptance. Again, another great big thank you to Selena and Andrea. Ladies, I want you to know that your shining is not dependent upon your circumstances, nor is it dependent upon the opinions of others. It is, in fact, within our power to shine incessantly, whenever and wherever we are. Have a great rest of your week. Love you guys. God bless.